Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Steve Sturm, Vice President of Food and Beverage for Firebird's Wood-Fired Grill. Steve oversees menu development with the 150 chefs at 55 locations of the polished casual chain. The namesake Woodfire Grill is the focal point of the menu, not only for items like seafood, steak, chicken, and vegetables, but the team also chars ingredients like pineapple and chilies for the cocktails. Right now, Steve is working on revamping the bar menu, adding more small plates and shareables that fit the way people want to dine today and deliver a big flavor punch. He's also introducing more interactive table-side items, as guests are looking for dining experiences, not just a straightforward dinner menu. Listen as he describes how he likes to get in the kitchen and play, and how he and his team continue to innovate the Firebirds menu. Welcome, Steve. Thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Well, let's talk a little bit about your culinary journey that brought you to Firebird's Woodfire Grill. I know that you've been there for 22 years, but what happened before that? Sure. I uh, worked at a lot of private restaurants uh, over the years. I had uh, one other uh, corporate uh, job before uh, Firebird's and uh, just kind of a a luck of the draw to get to Firebird's. Uh, But, um, you know, a lot of different kind of concepts I had worked in, uh, mostly in the casual dining, which, you know, really uh, led to the Firebirds uh, team opportunity. Well, great. And how large is your staff? I, I thought I read that Firebirds has a chef at each of the 55 locations. Sure. Yeah. So we have over 4,000 uh, staff members throughout the whole operation, but every restaurant has um, one chef and two sous chefs. Wow. That's a lot. A thousand chefs. I didn't realize that. That's pretty. No, no, that's, that's, so we don't have a thousand chefs. So I have a total, total team members of 4,000, which includes front of the house staff, cooks, everything. So, oh, so if you figured we have, you know, a chef and two sous chefs in each restaurant, that's, you know, 150 or so. That's still very impressive. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. We're really lucky to have the talented people we have. Well, that must be one thing that distinguishes Firebirds from other polished casual uh, concepts in the space. But what are some of the other things that you would say are differentiators? Sure. For us, uh, the wood-fired grill is really what we begin and end with everything. So we try to utilize as as many um, items off of that as we can, because we know it's very distinctive flavor, charring, um, and and general feel uh, when it comes to that. And, And we really lean into that. I think a couple other things is the fact that we butcher in-house. So 100% of our beef, we, we butcher. It really gives us a lot more control over both the cost, but more importantly, the quality and consistency that we're able to offer our guests. Um, and then uh, the scratch cooking, you know, we, we, do, we do virtually cook everything in-house. We make everything. Every detail matters. By adding those little layers and steps, um, you're really able to distinguish the flavor and it becomes a very craveable item as opposed to kind of homogenized pulling it out of a bag. So what are some of the new items you've made on the, on the wood fire grill this year that you've introduced to the menu? 
Uh, sure. So we're uh, we're testing in a, in a few markets right now. Um, and when I talk about wood fire grow, we lean into everything. So we did a, we're doing a charred pineapple um, puree that we're adding to a couple of drinks. We have a, a, a mocktail, a, a charred pineapple aqua fresca that's really refreshing and delicious. Um, and we take that same puree and we may and we're, we're testing it right now a um, a smoked um, margarita using that uh, that pineapple uh, puree that's charred. And it's smoked table side, so it's pretty cool, and it really um, adds to the enhancement of, of the flavor of the item. From a food standpoint, we're working on a lot of a lot of new uh, new dishes. Whether it's blistered tomatoes that are, are going on a uh, this Parmesan chicken that we're doing, that's really delicious. Um, we're also um, playing around with this honey garlic chicken. So there's a lot of items in the queue that we aren't haven't quite rolled out yet. Uh, we're also doing a lot of um, compound butters. And it's funny, that was a big thing back in the back in the 80s and it really uh, making a comeback. Um, and we've been really um, playing around with a lot of them because you can add a big flavor punch to an already great item that's off that char grill. One of the items that we uh, had on a feature um, a few a few months ago is a um, sea salt grilled New York strip with a um, charred shallot Merlot butter. Uh, that was really nice that came off of the, the, the wood fired grill. And those are things you can make ahead, the compound butters. So it sort of alleviates some labor problems too. Absolutely. Well, the, more importantly, it, it, it helps us execute at a high level and be very consistent to our guests, uh, which is really the name of the game. If you can have a high quality that's consistent, uh, you're, you're certainly going to impress your guests and they're going to be anxious to come back and show off their favorite place. Mm-hmm. So tell me the steps, you know, briefly that it takes to get a new mi- new menu item on the menu, um, whether it's an LTO or just a new item. How do you come up with the idea and how does it finally get on the menu? Sure. Well, ideas come from all over. Obviously, a lot of a lot of our group travels quite a bit. We're in other restaurants. We get all the trade magazines. So when we see something that, that you know, hey, that sounds like something we could really own and make ours. And we always try to put our little twist on it, utilizing the wood-fired grill or some of our other ingredients that we're already bringing in. You know, we always want to add that smoke char, sear, blistered kind of component to every dish as much as we can, because uh, we know that adds a nice layer uh, and it makes it uniquely us. Um, and so once we kind of have these ideas, then we then we uh, get in the kitchens and we play. And right now we're, we work through, through all the restaurants, uh, depending on where we're at and traveling. And so I have a team that we work on on items. Uh, once we have an idea, we have a, a panel that we've created. So it is um, eight individuals from different diverse backgrounds, um, you know, different, you know, female to male, different age groups. So we get a nice cross section of, of different taste. And we have these taste panels every 28 days. Um, and we put these new ideas in front of them and we get feedback. They either love it. They give us some ideas maybe reformulate it, come back to the group. Once we have it to that point, well, then we'll show it to senior management, make sure they're comfortable with it, make sure operations understands uh, and feels comfortable with what we're doing. Uh, and then most of the time we, we uh, run it as an LTO to get some feedback. Sometimes um, if, if it's in between cycles of LTO, but we're really anxious to get some feedback, we'll roll it into one or two restaurants as a test. Well, you know, maybe it's just a simple, you know, one page feature card with some great photography and we'll give it just to make sure that we feel comfortable with it. And then it sometimes moves to LTO from that standpoint. Sometimes it goes directly on the menu. It just really depends on where we are on both uh, the cycle of the LTO and also on the cycle of the menu. Cause we do change our, our menu twice a year. Uh, so we try to hit those items. 
uh, be a little bit seasonal with it, although we're a little less seasonal on the menu uh, and a lot more seasonal on our LTOs. Mm -hmm. How many um, LTO cycles do you have during the year? Typically, we, we'll do four to five. Uh, mm -hmm. This year, we're, we're a little a little bit different. We're, we're going done two, um, and we'll only do two this year. Uh, we're focused a lot more on um, uh, our bar menu. So we're, uh, we're playing around with a whole new uh, bar menu program that we're looking to launch in September. We rolled brunch out everywhere this year. So those were those are two big items that sort of took the place of LTOs because it was a lot going on with it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, normally it's five. So we usually do, you know, four seasonally um, and then one over the holidays. Right. So are you doing more non-alcoholic drinks? You mentioned the um, aqua frescas. Is that something that your customers are looking for? Uh, I guess about three or four years ago, we, we added mocktails to our menu. So we have a rotating group that we try to take advantage of seasonality and kind of trend items. And so we change that up twice a year. And I would say that, yes, I think, where that really uh, generates is we do have some people that are wanting non-alcoholic, but I think ultimately people are looking for flavor and boldness and they just don't want to get the old soda and Coke. You know, those items, sales have dropped off over the years because people just aren't drinking them. Number one, they're, there's really nothing interesting about it. Number two, they're not really healthy for you. So offering some other items that maybe have some health benefit or mm -hmm. at least some excitement um, has, has really excited some of our guests. And we're starting to pick up some steam as we're doing a better job with executing and coming up with some really interesting items. Are you offering more vegetarian or plant forward items now? I mean, I was just at the restaurant show and it was really like every 10 feet, there was another plant-based item. So yeah. I'm just wondering. It's pretty amazing how many of them have come out. And, you know, it's just, you wonder if there's really enough business there for them to be able to support it. I think ultimately what will happen is the force, the best ones to do really well mm -hmm. and the other ones maybe not so good that it will go away. Um, for us, we, 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 do have, we do have a veggie burger on our menu. We have played around with veg-centric items. And in general, they don't do really well for us from a sales standpoint. Uh, and it maybe it's because we just haven't hit the exact items yet. We, we will constantly talk about it. Uh, we had a, a cauliflower steak that we did on our wood-fired grill, and it was one of my favorite dishes. And I'm, I'm as far from a vegetarian as you can come, but it was phenomenal. And it just didn't sell. Maybe yeah. it was a timing thing. It was about two years ago. But yeah, I think, I think ultimately what we try to do is offer some really cool, interesting sides. Uh, there are quite a few of our menu items that we can make vegetarian, so we can absolutely accommodate it. Uh, but a majority of our guests coming in are, are looking for, for protein items. And so that's what we accommodate at this point, for sure. And that's what you do the veggie burger over the wood fire grill, too. We or? do. Yeah. Oh, cool. But it's your own recipe. It isn't something that you purchase. From no, we are purchasing that. Oh, yeah. you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as supply goes, are you doing more local sourcing? I know a lot of restaurateurs are having trouble with the supply chain now and trying to source more locally. But is that something you do? Um, we, we do uh, some local, but a majority of what we get um, is through our national distributor. Um, and we have really great long-term partners to be able to do that. Whenever, uh, you know, it, it's funny when people talk about local sourcing, especially when it comes to produce. I, I mean, unless you're in California, you might be locally sourcing it one month out of the year just because of the way the cycle is. So that's, and we're the same way. If, if, if it's, 
you know, in North Carolina, where, where we have North Carolina, there's maybe six weeks that they're pulling items out of the ground there. Uh, the thing that's more important to us um, than, than necessarily buying local is getting the best quality and making sure that we have the best uh, safety protocols in place. A lot of times these local farmers just don't have just don't have those safety protocols to be able to trace items back. Uh, and that is a very important thing to us. We want to make sure that we have that traceability and able to uh, ensure that our food is, is, is served and is as safe as, as possible. Sure. Did Have you had any trouble with the proteins in your supply chain with the meats or um, fish or any of the seafood? You know, I would say that we've done a pretty good job navigating that. There's always scrambling to do um, here and there based on, you know, Chile is, is shut down because of a trucker strike or, you know, there are a number of other um, opportunities out there. And we have, again, some really good partners uh, that will figure out ways to do that. Our purchasing department does a phenomenal job getting out ahead of opportunities, looking at subs. We have several secondary vendors that we're able to also lean on when uh, one of our, uh, our primaries is maybe having some issues um, with some sourcing. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's been, it's, you know, been hit or miss, but in general, we've not seen the um, disruption at, at the unit level. We're doing a lot, doing a lot behind the scenes. So if you were to imagine, a, a, you know, duck on the water, the top looks fine at the restaurant underneath we're purchasing and our vendors are they're scurrying around trying to get stuff done right. uh, and doing a really good job at it. Has it gotten better in the last month or so, or is it? Um, it got better probably the previous three three months. I would say over the last um, month, um, we're starting to see stuff crop back up, especially mm-hmm. from the trucking side of it uh, with the disruption and, and the high prices of gas. Right. There, there, there are quite a, quite a few truckers, um, independent truckers that are, it's just not worth them to, to haul right now with the cost of gas or diesel. Mm. Uh, and so we're starting to see a few other, few more starting to happen again. Mostly what is happening is, is you know, it's a shipment supposed to show up at our distribution center and it's delayed. And so that puts a little bit of pressure on getting stuff on the truck coming to our restaurants. Mm. Well, you talked a little bit about the beverage side of your title because you're the VP of food and beverage and cocktails are obviously an important part of your concept. So you, do you work with the bartenders? Like, do they tap the kitchen for ideas too, or vice versa? Sure. Yeah, we we have a director of beverage that that works um, with the bartenders, and she and I collaborate on items. We try to like if we're focused on blackberry puree, then we're going to be using blackberry puree, and maybe in, in a dressing or on a sauce, and then we're also going to utilize it uh, in the in the bar area. And she does a really good job both. Uh, getting ideas from bar managers because we have a bar manager in every restaurant. Mm-hmm. We also have some really good national partners that, that give us a lot of great ideas. And so, so yeah, it, it is a very, um, again, scratch cocktail. We're shaking Martina's table side. It's a, it's a huge part of our program and we're really proud of it. Are espresso martinis really popular now in New York? They seem to be trending. So you I'm know, just... I, I wrote that down when you had you, you had a question of what's our favorite. You would not believe how much retro um, cocktails and espresso just made it to our our, our menu um, in April because uh, we've seen it blow up everywhere. I was in Charleston um, in uh, February, and it was on every menu in Charleston, and yeah. they're delicious because. A lot of the the espresso liqueurs they've come out with since the 80s are so much better than than what Mm. we were doing back then. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I t- typically wouldn't try one because when I want a cocktail, I don't want to be like, you know, have a caffeine jolt, but <laughs> I guess some people like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my normal go-to, but it's they're pretty tasty. So are there any items that are on your menu that you can never take off because they, they're bestsellers or the things that guests always come back for? Oh, absolutely. There's quite a few items that are very craveable on our menu, whether it's in the bar or in the, or in, on the food menu. Uh, certainly in the bar area, a double diamond um, pineapple martini is a signature for us. We've had it since day one. Uh, and with something we're known for, it's, it's funny, you run into somebody at the grocery store, they see you wearing your chef jacket and they look and say, pineapple martini. Uh, so yeah, so th- those for sure. Um, and then from a food standpoint, our wood grilled salmon, our lobster spinach queso, those are two big fan favorites. But the reality is that our guests are very loyal and, and it's great because they absolutely love us. So even something that maybe not be your best seller that you try to tweak or maybe replace with something that may be a little bit better and they're very passionate about it and they let you know, which is, 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 which is great. Uh, it also kind of makes you feel bad sometimes when you're trying to you know, replace that item with something you think that's maybe a little bit more um, on trend or where we want to head with the menu. Right. So are you working on um, fall limited time offers now or winter or what, you know, without giving away any secrets to the competition, what are some of the things you're working on that will launch later this year? Sure. So right now, our, our, our big focus is, um, is our, our bar food. We're looking to, to, to launch in um, about middle of September. So we're, we're kind of combining our, our, our bar food into a, um, a combination small plate and shareable program. Uh, so we're going to be expanding that a little bit. So we're making some uh, steakhouse meatballs that we're actually grinding our own ribeye scraps. Again, and one of those benefits of butchering a house, we're able to utilize everything and try to maximize both from a flavor and quality standpoint. So that's one of the items. Uh, we have these beautiful chimichurri New York strip skewers that we're doing uh, over crispy potatoes that we're excited about. And then there's a there's a handful of other items in the small small bar plates. And then uh, we're shifting quickly into the holiday holiday features. So we know it's definitely going to be something with the New York strip. We have our own homemade steak sauce that we're looking to pair with it. Um, that'll be delicious. Yeah. So there's 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 quite a few items in in the in the queue, and uh, we're also working on some really cool. Uh, interactive table side items that we're looking to test uh, later this year. I don't, I don't want to share too much of that because we haven't gotten to a point where we're ready to test it. Right. But it's going to be pretty, pretty cool table side uh, ideas. Do you see that customers are looking for, you know, those dr- more dramatic presentations because they've been away from restaurants for a while or is that something you would like a- to do? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if the being away from restaurants is driving it. I think society is driving it probably more than being away. I think that everybody wants an experience. I think everybody wants to, you know, push the envelope, be able to take a selfie with this item going on and share it to their friends to make them jealous. And right. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think they're looking for unique, craveable and, and what's going to be different. Um, I think they're tired of the sea of sameness. I think they're tired of just getting the same old thing. And when you can you can give them something that's a real experience um, and something that they're part of at the table that that makes huge excitement. Definitely. And I like the idea of the bar bites because that's the way I like to eat. I mean, do a lot of people come in and sit at the bar and just want like a drink and a bite? Absolutely. So the way our, our restaurants are set up 
it's almost like a concept within a concept. You walk in the front door and there's this huge waterfall of liquor coming down the backdrop, which is absolutely gorgeous. Great seating, very more, very flexible, very group oriented, lots of energy. And then you have the restaurant, which is a little bit more, um, you know, it's casual, um, but it's, it's also one of those where you're going to be in sitting with a family or a business dinner. So it's really, yeah. So our bar area, we know there's a huge opportunity to continue to, uh, increase the opportunity for our guests to come in and utilize us for more occasions, for sure. Um, so we're really excited about that small bite, especially, you know, a little bit, you know, even the even the younger generation. That, again, it's all about experience. And so rather than committing to one entree that's $30, if I can have four dishes for $30 or $40, they want to experience, they want to try, they want to share. Um, and so that's that we know that that's really where that area will um, uh, excel. Yeah, definitely. So as we move through the second half of 2022, what are you most looking forward to both personally and professionally? Will you be traveling more and exploring more uh, restaurants or countries? Always. <laughs> always. I'm always traveling. I travel a ton with, with, the, with Firebirds. Uh, so I'm able to, to get into a lot of different restaurants. I, I, you know, we've got uh, three more restaurant opens of this year. So we're, we're looking forward to you know, it's, I, I love going to the openings because you get to see 100 new uh, staff members and see their faces and light up with a new job opportunity. And, you know, in 10, 20 years, you'll see them running this company just like you are now. Um, it, it's a pretty exciting, exciting time. And, and like I mentioned, we're working on some really I would say that we have accelerated our development and, and, and projects that work on from a food standpoint to a point more than we've ever done other than when we first created the concept. Uh, and so I'm really excited about what we're going to be able to do and moving our, our menu forward, uh, continuing to be relevant in, in the restaurant space and providing that, you know, that guest interactive items uh, and, you know, being part of our communities and the families that come to our restaurants. Thanks so much, Steve. It sounds like there are many more delicious things to come at Firebirds. Please join us for another episode of Menu Feed as we explore more trends with chefs and operators. You can download this podcast and past episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (music) 